Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One, two, three. Just give me patience. Yeah. What is up, fam? <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy, ZDogMD. I am live and direct out of Z Studios. And today, oh my God, you guys are going to love this because we are fighting the power fist in the air with our special guest today, Dr. Paul Tierstein. Paul, thank you for coming. Thanks for the invite. By way of introduction, Paul is the, uh, the chief of cardiology at Scripps Clinic in San Diego. Yes. He is the director of interventional cardiology at the same Scripps Clinic. He works with my homie, Eric Topol. In fact, <laughs> brought Dr. Topol over he's there. He's my homie too. He, he, he's all of our homies <laughs> in the end. He's like a virtual a homie. Great guy. And on top of that, you have what, 26 patents? Bunch of, bunch of inventions. I try to stay active, stay busy, keep my mind going. Yeah. If I didn't love you so much, I'd hate you for being so awesome. No, you don't have to hate me. Uh, and I'm in, this is a fantasy for me. Look, I'm in the Z-Dog Studios. You guys should see this. It's really a professional operation. Paul, you need to understand a couple things about us. Okay, first of all, a gangster's life ain't easy. Okay, it's a lot of work and a lot of input. But the reason I'm excited is that you said you don't have to hate me. But there are some people who will not like you because you are fighting the medical industrial complex in terms of recertification and maintenance of certification for physicians. What, first of all, what is maintenance of certification and, and why the hell do you care about it? You got, you're, you're a star. You don't need to worry about this stuff. Well, those are two questions. Yeah, okay. well that's so true. See, he's already, all right. See, I'm already getting schooled. Uh, so the maintenance of certification, uh, certification is sort of like uh, grade A beef, you know, you get certified, right? Um, and that's, a lot of people who are not doctors don't really understand this, that you get, first you get your medical license, and that the state gives you. Yep. Um, and that lets you practice medicine. Certification is uh, by a private board. It's by a group that's just decided they would give certifications. Uh, this started in the 1930s. And the idea was to be a distinction above and beyond the usual doctor. That was the initial idea. So that was the initial approach. It yeah. wasn't like you can practice with this thing. It's no. more like, no, 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 all the practicing docs, but this is special. Yeah, you're like a certified doc. Because a, a bunch of old guys sitting around a table are like, 
Yay, verily. Well, they came up with criteria, and actually, I, uh, most of us believe the initial certification process, which means it's not just a test. You got to go through internship and residency, and then mm -hmm. you do get certified in internal medicine, and then, or surgery, the same thing, and then you go through your fellowships. There's a whole educational process. That's a good thing. Right. We think that's good. And then the boards, the American boards, provide the test after that. Um, that if you pass, then you're certified by them. But it's really the, the ACGME, which is a different, or diff yet a different private board, it's Alphabet Soup, mm -hmm. um, that does the initial certification. What's changed is that now, particularly in 2014, a uh, big change happened in internal medicine where we have to do continuous certification, which is called maintenance. So that now the, the, the ask is that we, by the check every year and we get online and we do all kinds of modules a lot of physicians and nurses do this already do these modules for the hospital you know you have to, every year you do your annual training um, well now these are modules and then you just take a, a test that is either at a testing center or maybe maybe you will be able to do it in our offices uh, with security cameras watching us and um, and you have to study for this test uh, and you do it now they want us to do it about every year or two so it's a kind of a invasion into our lives. Well, because I remember taking my internal medicine boards, mm -hmm. and me and my wife, we both yeah. took the boards because she, we both did internal medicine first, and then she went and became a smarty pants, did radiology after that because she thinks she's smarter than me because she is. And she, we, we, we went to Hawaii for two weeks. We studied for this boards. We yeah. learned everything that we had learned in residency and more, and we took the boards. And we felt super accomplished when we got our scores back, when we got certified right. as board certified internal medicine physician. But then in 2014, I started getting emails from the American Board of Internal Medicine saying, okay, so you are now need to enroll in the MOC, Maintenance of Certification course. Right. These are the boxes you need to click. This is how much money you need to pay. These are the constant modules and tests you need to do. And immediately, my eyes glazed over. I had no effing idea what I was supposed to do. <laughs> I had no idea if I was able to practice without this thing because it turns out I learned insurance companies won't, won't pay you if you aren't board certified. Right. Hospitals won't. Uh, give you privileges if you aren't board certified. So to stay board certified, I have to take all these tests and continue to do this going through the hoops. And, and I have all this free time, Paul, <laughs> to do this as a doctor. Well, that's that that's answers the second question. Why did I get involved in this? Because I'm a good boy. I, I, I got those messages and I just sat down on my computer one day. I had 45 minutes free and I said, I'm gonna just knock this out. You know, like all the other stuff. You How did it go? Stuff. I started screaming at my computer, <laughs> and my, my it's system just like comes epic. in. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's like the epic. same thing. It's like learning epic. Where do I click? I, I said, where am I supposed to click here? I just want to click the right places. I'll give them my credit card, and just let me be done with this. But no, no, no. It was going to be a. This was going to. This clearly is about twenty hours a year of time, and it's a lot of time. Let me rewind that. Blah, 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 blah. 20 That's about hours. what the estimation is. And your time is worth more than my time, but both of our time is worth more than Tom's because Tom is, a, <laughs> is basically a homeless man. But, <laughs> well, <laughs> but, but the idea that they're just wasting our time to do so, that? So if it was benefiting, you know, Docs, yeah. we're not, we are not afraid of work, all right? I like to work. I'm working harder on this. You speak for yourself, man. After this, I'm not going to bed. <laughs> I got time for work. Listen, I'm working much harder on, on trying to stop the MOC process than I would have been if I did the MOC. Just doing the MOC. But, that but you actually a, care about it. Well, yeah, the thing, I like to do meaningful work. You want to make a difference. You want to help people. You don't want to just waste your time. And when you're studying for these tests, what are you studying? You're studying the things you don't know because you don't use, you don't need them. Yeah. So uh, I, if you're an orthopedist, for example, when you do their MOC, you have to learn about pediatric 
orthopedic surgery, even though you may just be treating adults. So you're not gonna have to study much about what you'd use every day. You're gonna have to study what you don't use. So it's, it's the, 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 the preparation for the tests are very, really meaningless and not helpful. So you, you, you remind me of myself in the sense that when someone tells me to do something that mm. I find meaningless, yeah. that creates busy works, click, 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 and it costs money. Like we don't care about the money so much. We're willing to pay for our, our license renewals. We're willing to pay for malpractice. We're willing to pay office overhead. But to pay somebody to do work that's meaningless, but the question is, is it meaningless? So a lot of people will push back, Paul, but the, we gotta hold our doctors accountable because it should be doctors policing doctors, and isn't that what's happening? We're holding them accountable because maintenance of a certification actually keeps us on our toes and makes sure we're great doctors with good outcomes to result. Is that what's actually happening? Well, that's what the American board likes to call it, um, that it's the, uh, it's self-regulation, the privilege of self-regulation. But, you know, as you look at, as we look at it, it's, the, it's regulation by the American board. The, the doctors are not really getting involved. And in fact, when the doctors got involved, as we did with the national board that I started, we came up with our own idea of, of what we should do to maintain certification. We're, we're okay with the initial certification, but to maintain it, we came up with some things that we thought were meaningful. Uh, like, not what, like, like what? First of all, CME, accredited CME yeah. is the mainstay. Yeah. Um, we, we require you to do 50 hours uh, every two years. Yeah. Um, and then we also you have to have a, a license in good standing, and not everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you've been, uh, if your hospital privileges have been revoked and not reinstated, then you're not gonna get certified. Right. If you're a, uh, you do procedures, if you're a surgeon or if you're an interventional cardiologist like myself or EP doc, um, you have to have privileges in an accredited inst institution to do those. Right. Um, and that way, that's how we, come up with, that's, we, that's how we come up with a, instead of coming up with like minimum case of not volumes for certification, which is sort of arbitrary, we figure, well, the hospitals that are accredited will have a peer review process, and that's how we deal with that. So those are, that's what we came up with, and these are some pretty smart people. Our board has, um, um, it's about 20, 22 people on it, and most of them are academics, and they come from Mayo Clinic and Harvard and Stanford. Yeah. <laughs> they're not nerds, but... Uh, they're I say they're people. nerds, so they're nerds, right? People, God, yeah. I'm so jealous. Uh, but we thought hard about what, you know, what, what does it really take to stay current? Because we want to, we all want to stay current, all right? But, 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 so, so it's doctors who are, who are fairly academic deciding, okay, well, this is how we would want our colleagues to be accredited in a way that we think is meaningful, yeah. as opposed to what's happening now. Right, so truthfully, how do you really measure a doctor's competence? I mean, really, that's hard uh, to do. Yelp. Yeah, okay, well, Yelp is one thing. <laughs> and you know, for every, for every genius, for, there's always somebody who thinks he's an idiot, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how it is. So yep. it, it is very hard to do this in any way that's, that's, that's accurate. Uh, that's gonna please everyone. So you have to, it's always gonna be kind of, this is the best of what we can come up with. Right. And that's how it's gonna be. Right. Now you said something about money. Well, this is interesting, because when I started this, I could care less about the money. I'll write you a check, I don't care. All right. Just go away. Yeah, just yeah. exactly. Yeah. But um, turns out doctors, they don't really mind writing those checks, but they don't really like it when other doctors are making a lot of money. That really bothers Wait doctors. Wait a minute. So what are you talking about? So what happens is these little checks we write, $250 a year for to, to, to enroll in this maintenance and certification per certification. So to give you a little break on the second one, and third, I have three, you know, internal medicine, cardiology, interventional. Nerd. That, that's going to be like $400 a year, $4,000 for 10 years. 
I, you know, even that's okay, but what bothers me is that you go and look at where the money's going, the not-for-profit, and they're making a lot of money, and they're paying, they're paying the researchers $500,000 a year, they're paying the CEO $850,000 a year, and that kind of bothers the doctors. Ooh. This yes. is a, the, the, the not, not for, for profit. profit. That doesn't mean not for money. Okay. Uh, <laughs> American Board of Internal Medicine, American yeah. uh, Medical Specialties Boards, the, these groups. That's what they get paid. So, not, so a lot of the docs and nurses work for hospitals, right, that are not for profit. If you want to have some fun, just Google your hospital's name and put the name, put the word, the, the number's 990 after that. Just Google it. You'll get to something called GuideStar. You may have to log in doesn't cost anything and you can see you'll scroll down and you'll see the tax return that your hospital your not-for-profit um, pr provides every year and you'll see what your CEO makes and you'll be shocked your CEO is probably making a good seven figures in your hospital now, I think this conversation is over because <laughs> I'm gonna go apply for the CEO position at the American Board of Internal Medicine because it sounds like a pretty cush it's, job it sounds like a good job well, so, so, so these guys are making a ton of money they're taking our fees Mm -hmm. and they are doing this, but what value are they providing? Well, um, in my opinion, I think there is some value to the initial certification. Agree. I don't see much value in the whole maintenance and certification process. It seems to me like, you know, they, it's, just, it's just checking a box and but, doing a lot of busy work. But my understanding, so how many millions and of dollars are they making from MOC? MOC, so take the American Board of Internal Medicine, that's the biggest one, right? There's 200,000 docs enrolled in that. They have an annual budget of around $60 million, of which 27 in 2014, the last data I have, 27 million came from MOC, and that's before all the grandfathers retired. No, grandfathers, interesting. Okay, okay. wait, 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 wait. So, so, <laughs> I got, first I got, before we talk about the grandpops, yeah. I got to process this, 27 million, million dollars. dollars. It's not a bad business. It's a toll booth, basically. So let me, this yeah. is why the American Board of Medical Specialties, is that what they're called? That's the, the mother board. The mother board. <laughs> Be yes. careful. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They don't like you. I doubt they like Because them. you're pissed about MOC for the reasons that it's meaningless work and it's enriching doctors that are supposed to be helping regulate us and you started your own uh, alternative board organization, the National Board of Physicians and Surgeons, right. which is much less expensive, doesn't have the MOC stuff, but still uses the accountabilities you talked about, they must want you dead. Well, $27 million, that's big pharma money. So the, this is the problem. And that's just one board. So there, there are 23 other boards. So apparently someone did this, and there's a paper somewhere, uh, that the annual budgets of all the boards are around $230 million a year. Ah. Uh, and they have also have reserves. They've been collecting money. And they have like $700 million in the bank, the, all these boards. It's kind of it's crazy. And, 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 and in our doctor Sanj, we have a... An ATM and a pay dispenser <laughs> of food, yeah. and they're sitting on how many millions of it's dollars? A lot, it's a lot of money. So, so but, but, but here's a question. Is there data, before we get to the grandfathering thing, which I want to talk about, is there data that MOC actually improves patient outcomes? Great question. Great question. So there turns out to be a lot of data on certification and MOC, but it's not robust or good data, and most of the data proves that it doesn't really do much. That's the truth. Um, the, most of the data is actually comes from employees of the American Board, particularly American Board of Internal Medicine. So they actually employ uh, PhDs and MDs that do, um, that actually run studies on uh, what the possible benefit of 
these you know, of certification is and MOC. So there is some data, for example, that if you're a board-certified cardiologist, you uh, do a better job taking care of heart attacks patients than if you're not a cardiologist. Well, that kind of makes sense. I mean, you spend three extra years learning. Board certified. But then you look at MOC and the studies. Yeah, the yeah. study, the studies that are they're very weak, and they show they've never been able to show real clinical benefit. And if you look at the, the actual data, the marketing materials from the American Board will talk about the, the, the good data to support MOC, but then when you look at the data, it's really weak. And even their own statisticians, which are, who are making three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year wow. to write these papers, so they're conflicted. Even when they write the papers, they're, they're honest people and they're good researchers, and their papers are kind of like, well, um, Couldn't really find something. Yeah, there's really no clinical, or the, 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 the results were minor, um, but then that gets, in the marketing materials, that gets changed to um, a more emphatic, robust yeah, defense. Yeah. So, so, so they're not they're not fudging the data; they're fudging the spin of the data. That's a really good way to put yeah. it. Yeah. And so, Thank again, you. and like you said, these aren't bad people. No. They're doing what they're paid to do. Yeah. But they're paid a lot to do it, and this is our money. Yes, it's the, our and, money. And, but more importantly, I don't care about the money. Like you said, what upsets me when I hear this is my time has been raped. It's like someone went in and stole hours of my life that are so precious to me where I'm not spending time with my family, with my patients, with my staff, uh, with my friends. I'm spending time on a computer satisfying the click boxes for something that is not clinically shown to help and that is enriching somebody at a not-for-profit. And they won't give up on this. And they're, they're making changes, but they're not giving up because there's a lot of money. We're both going to die. Well, They're going to have us killed. Well, you know, I was inspired, I think, really by my father's death. My father was a um, very busy doc. He died at 83 in the office after a 12-hour day. That was his life. He, he loved it. Like he was phenomenal. Yeah. He called, in his last year of life, he called himself uh, PGY 54. <laughs> 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 Postgraduate year 54. He was great. Amazing. So what you realize when your dad dies that you know, it, it slowly dawns on you that you're next. Okay, so I'm next in line. So I better make life meaningful and get all these things I want to get done done. And when they make me do something that's meaningless and wasting my time, I do not like wasting time. Yeah, I'm a multitasking all the time. I want to get as much done in every day and in my life as I can. Five years ago, you learned how to fly. You flew into Vegas from San Diego yourself in your own plane. Yeah, and I, again, it's something I always wanted to do. Um, and I learned so, how to do it, and I'm so, enjoying it. So you have no problem learning new skills. <laughs> No, I like that. Knowing how to budget your time, doing meaningful work, you have a big problem having your time wasted, and that was enough to what, get you to start the National well, Board? Well, actually, you know, social media had a lot to do with this. Ah. In an interesting way, that, that really is something that everyone should think about. Uh, in, in cardiology, in particularly interventional cardiology, uh, a guy um, um, started a Morton, his name is Morton Kern uh, in uh, Long Beach now. He started a little, it's called a listserv, which mm. is, you guys, you technical guys know about that. It's basically just a bunch of emails. Yeah. And when there's a clinical question that you can't answer in a book, you yeah. know, you want some, you're on a curbside, kind of like, you know, I got a patient with this problem, his platelets are down, how can I put a stent in? You get a lot of good responses from thought leaders. Of course, yeah. So it was about 100 on. So I sat down to do the MOC. Yeah. I got so frustrated. I wrote this email to the 100 or so thought leaders in interventional cardiology. I said, have any of you tried this? I mean, it seems like a total waste of time. Isn't enough enough? Shouldn't we do something? In a week, I got a, a whole week of uh, emails back, back and forth, about how horrible it was. And then they said, well, Paul, what are you going to do about it? Wow. So I started, I wrote an, a petition online. 
I got 23,000 signatures in like two months on this petition to end the MOC. 23,000? Yes, and I presented it to Dr. Barron, and they said thanks, but no thanks. Dr. Barron, doc, Dr. Dick Barron, Dr. Richard, Richard Barron, uh, the CEO of the American Board of Internal Medicine. Yes, mm -hmm. and he did not respond. You know, he said, well, that's thanks for your information. That was about it. And then, then on the website that had the petition, I started getting all these comments. Well, what are you going to do? What are you doing about this? Yeah. So we started our own board. Uh, myself and about 20 other uh, academic docs. That's the a national board. They're the American board, we're the national board. So, yeah, 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 this is bigger than America, it's national. <laughs> I, no, I love it, so yeah. you just said forget it, here's an alternative. Right. Now, who accepts actually this board as a? Great question, so we have 70 hospitals. Yeah. Uh, we have, you know, uh, that accept for privileges, yeah. uh, our board, uh, and it grows, it's growing slowly though. The big problem is insurance companies. So Medicare, you know, you don't have to be board certified to get paid by Medicare. Right. But you have to be board certified to get paid by Blue Cross. Private and, insurance. You know, by by uh, United. And um, so if you want to stay in business and be a doctor and work on patients who have commercial insurance, you have to be board certified. And if, and if you're not grandfathered, if you're over 40, you'll, um, uh, uh, sorry, if you're, if you, if you're, about over 50. Because I'm so. not grandfathered. I'm not, 44. Yeah. 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 Grandfathering started in 1990, ended, I should say, in 1990. Yeah. So yeah. 50, 60 years. If you're not grandfathered, you will lose your certification yeah. if you don't do MOC. Yep. All right. So that's what I've been our told. Our biggest yeah. problem is getting the insurance companies to accept us, which, and they haven't. Not yet. And now there's a lot of legislation in about 20 states pending to try and get insurance companies. It's one of the reasons we need support from doctors. We have to get the legislators to understand how bad this is and to support legislation to, uh, to accept alternative certifications for maintenance phase and also to uh, accept, uh, to, to, to have it so insurance companies can't require certification. ZPAC, I want you to, First of all, I want you to go to nbpas.org. Logan, maybe you can put up that, yeah. Go there, and I, as I recall, Paul has a really cool video on there where he debated the head of the American Board of Medical yeah. Specialties, and he lays out the points, and there you can sign up for the email list that Paul's talking about, and what he can do is he can convert your uh, um, email into an easy click lobby your congressman, lobby the insurance companies to change what they're accepting because the more I learn about this, the more furious I get yeah. that, that, our, that, that, that this is another vestige of like a health 2.0 matrix that we're forced to operate in. Free us up to do stuff that matters. Let doctors be doctors. Let nurses be nurses. And yes, that's the point. That's, that's why when I saw your point. thing, I said, this guy and I, he's going to understand this. He's going to get this. And you got it right away. Well, you know, you know, and you know what really pissed me off? And we were talking about this a little bit before the show. This idea of grandfathering. Mm -hmm. So let me explain it to the Z-Pack and then hey, you can film it. Grandfathering's oh. dope, okay? And listen, I'm going to explain it to you because I know more than Z about things. Here's what grandfathering is like. In the 1980s, in hockey, they instituted the helmet law. This was totally lame. So all the real old school hockey players, they didn't have to wear helmets. That's called grandfathering, people. You're welcome. This has been your moment with Tom. <laughs> you know, great. I'm just really glad that Tom didn't make it some weird sexual thing. <laughs> like, oh, did you go to that party? There were a bunch of people grandfathering over there, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Thank you, Tom, for uh, that Tom, moment of that zen. Um, 
Let me explain what I understand <laughs> grandfathering to be. So grandfathering is when um, you're of a certain age or you got your board certification, your initial board certification before a certain year. 1990, yeah. 1990, depending on the board? I think they all started around 1990. Got it. Yeah. So that means that if you got it before then, they give you a pass. They say you're grandfathered in. You don't have to do maintenance of certification. Your board specialty certification lasts forever. For your life. For life. Now, guys, let's do a little math on this real quick. Who were the doctors who got their board certification before 1990? Were there a lot of women? No. Not so much. No. Were there a lot of minorities? No. Okay. <laughs> were there, you know, was it, was it pretty diverse? Not so no. much. White it's males. old white men. Old white men like me. Who, like you. <laughs> You're Jewish, you don't count. Old white men who get grant, they get a pass. So in a way, this is institutional discrimination. So Richard uh, Barron, who is an old white male, is now telling you that, no, us, us guys, we're okay, but you young people need to keep on your toes and also give us money every year. Yeah, it's yada, really yada, discriminatory. And, it, yeah. and it's a barrier to entry too. I mean, it's, not, it's really anti-competitive, it's wrong. Yeah, that's wrong, and it and it, uh, it really makes a hash of all their <laughs> of the arguments that you've got to be you got to do MOC if to stay current, right? Well, what about all these? Forty percent of the doctors don't have to do MOC, so we don't care if they're current or not. I, mean, I, I don't get it. It's a scam. Well, I, I, the more I hear you yeah. talk about it, the more outrage I get, and it's it's hard to perturb me these days. <laughs> so I mean, you know, but here's a question: Does, does NBPS, your organization, does it have support among doctors? Yeah. So we've got six thousand. We've 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 certified over six thousand doctors wow. already, and um, it's a it was designed, you know, by by me, someone who doesn't want to waste time. So the way you do it, it's very simple. You got to have you got to have been previously certified. That's a really important aspect of it. This right. is not you a fly by night board. Right. You have to you 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 know, it's not that there's no test. There's a test. It happens, but it happens when you're initially certified. Right. And then you got to get on this website, mbps.org, and it takes you 10 minutes. You're going to have to give us, you know, your, your name, your NPI, um, your email address, mm -hmm. and you're going to have to tell us what boards you were certified in. And then you, you, the, it costs $169 for two years, mm -hmm. and after that it's $75 a year. Got and it. if you're in training, it's $29. All right, we don't want to make money. I'm not getting paid. None of the docs are getting paid. Wait, this None isn't going board. to buy your plane? No. This is <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, you know, I wish, this, but it's not. I mean, yeah. we're not, I mean, we're really, really very sincere about that. We do not want to make any money. And that, that cost actually will come down the more people we get. Yeah. Um, and also once this politics dies down. Yeah. Because it doesn't cost that much yeah. for us to do once we get it all going. And then when you do your application, it will take you 10 minutes. The biggest problem you're gonna have, amongst doctors, particularly the older doctors, is you're gonna have to upload your CME certificates, and a lot of doctors don't know how to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why we get, you know, we get our millennial friends to exactly. do it for us, right? That's it. Yeah. yeah, you gotta have those, and we're trying to figure out a way to actually get those automatically in the database. Got it. We will check, we're gonna check to make sure that your license, your license is current. We, we find people that haven't, that are, have been, you know, privileges are revoked, that their right. license is suspended. Right. We're gonna check your certification, and, uh, and so then I, I'm gonna make send a, your certificate. I'm gonna make a pledge right now. I'm already on your email list, which mm -hmm. I think everybody should join. I think okay. I'm going to get certified through NBPAS, because it doesn't harm your other certification. Not at all. They're independent. No. The hope you get is nothing we'll else you can put on. If you, if you want, you can check, click the box, and I think we charge $8 or $14. They charge 75 We charge like 14 for a certificate on your wall. Sweet. Can it say can pimp of the year? Because <laughs> that's the only certificate I want. I'll tell you the truth. For you, yeah. 
People, we'll do a if, you don't, one. if you're not supporting NBPAS, <laughs> I don't get my Pimp of the Year certificate. All right? It's a it's a pimp to play kind of scenario oh that gosh. we've got. Um, I love it. Now, let me see. I have some other questions for you because here, here's a question. Do you think this is just too divisive? Like, why would you go and stick a finger, like a big poker in the hornet's nest of this? Doctors are divided enough. Shouldn't we be sticking together and just rally around ABIM and these boards? I actually think this is going to help bring doctors together. Because look, look, you know how this is, right? We, you, the job is a pretty intense job, right? Yep. Being a doc. And it, it's just time, time, time. And you're always putting out fires. Yeah. And there's a saying about don't forget, uh, don't forget the important for the urgent, right? You're putting out fires, but you have no time to actually stop, take a breath, and try to organize yourself yeah. and try to do something. And part of the problem the doctors have is we have not really, really done much to help ourselves uh, or to help our profession because we're so busy and we just want to get through the day. Yeah. Uh, and so this is basically saying, look, stop, take a minute, join this organization, and think about how you could make your career better, how you could make being a doctor better, think about what matters, and then try to make a difference like you're doing. Try to, you, you gotta, otherwise, we're just gonna get told what to do by the insurance companies, um, by corporate America, and, and they don't really know what's best. So I think this can bring us together. I love it. It's a fight the power moment where we take control back That's the idea. Of, our, of our profession. And you're right, you nailed it. We don't have the time. That's why I think a lot of doctors, they watch the show, but they don't, they're not going to sit there typing big comments. They're not going to sit there you know, emailing and doing all of this. They're going to watch and go, yeah, what he said. So the question is, how does what we say actually get actualized into something that makes everyone's life better? And what you're doing with NBPAS um, is exactly that. And, and so I want to support you guys. I want the ZPAC as a call to action to go to nbpas.org. And if you're a doctor, sign up for the list. If you're a nurse, if you're a respiratory therapist, if you're a dietitian, if you're a physical therapist, if you're, if you're uh, an occupational therapist, you're a social worker, you can still lend your support. Talk to your doctors about it. Let's get another piece off their plate so they can spend more time build, being with the team, being with the patients, and being less stressed and pissed we off. Do things that make a difference. We want to help people. Right. That's why we're doing this. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. I agree. I'm doing it for money, but you can <laughs> you do it for whatever you want, Paul Tears team. I made okay. enough money. I'm fine with you're, that. You, you're get, you get your pilot's <laughs> license now. You're all holier hey, than now. I'm learning salsa dancing now. You're I'm kidding gonna, me, I'm really? telling you, that's a good exercise for... Six, the sixty-year-olds. Yeah, so you're sixty-two. Yeah, and and uh, you're doing salsa dancing. You just learned to fly. Yeah. You're the chief I don't of cardiology at Scripps. I don't want to die yet. <laughs> you do like a billion RVUs a year. You're just like uh, I'm busy. Yeah, I have a very busy guy. practice on on top of this, and that's one of the reasons I think I'm well suited for this. Is why it's sort of working out. Is I'm very I'm connected with on the academic level, but mm -hmm. I also have a busy clinical referral practice where I get to talk to doctors all over the West Coast mm -hmm. who refer me patients every day. I get five or six referral for, for procedures. And we talk about these things and I know what's on their mind. Yeah. I know what's bothering them. So you have your finger on yeah. the pulse of what people are thinking. I'll tell you, this is, I'm just hoping that, because I'm supposed to research in 2022 if I do the 10 year research for, because uh, I haven't been doing MOC. We'll have this figured out by then. Okay, please. Okay, that's my goal, that's, that's a goal. That's actually a little bit longer. It should be, it should be two years. I'm uh, hoping we'll get this figured out. Because if I have to learn anything about something outside of my scope of practice, which yeah. is pimping, Clock and a grip, <laughs> gangster-ish, and, and, and hip, hippity hop parody stuff. I'm sure you could, we can come up with a specialization, with a specialty <laughs> for you. <laughs>
I love it. The, the, the musicological you, you hospitalist. Uh, yeah, I like that. ACGT. Well, you know, there is music therapy. There is, there yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Tom Heinemer, other thoughts? Uh, no, not really, Z. Plus, me and Logan have a pretty dope grandfathering party to go to. <laughs> so maybe we can wrap this thing up. I don't know. So I hate you so much, Tom uh, Heinever, and yet I love you. Uh, let's read a couple comments real quick, though. Shelly um, Overholt Thiessen says, "Family Med Doc, due to my second, due, due to take my second recertification okay. this year, was willing to take the test, but then realized that all MLC fees projects I have to do canceled that. NBPAS certified now. Happy my hospital all CRMC right. accepts NBPAS. See, there's a, there's, it's working for that person. That's yeah. terrific. What a great, I love what a, it. What a, what a, what a great I love comment. It. And we can make it work for more. Grandfather Docs will be." announced as lacking cert next year. Pete Collins. Okay, so, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because That's it's not going to affect It's just going to be, if, if your patient happens to get, find the website, the American Board's website, and click on your doctor's name, it'll say lacking MOC. Right, but otherwise. They, they're coming up with, yeah, it, it, I think it's supposed to say not participating in MOC is what it's supposed to say. Um, something that's benign. But you still, that's not going to affect your hospital privileges or your insurance company contract. So nothing that matters. No. no. Um, What's the rationale behind grandfathering? If recert says Erica Christine, if recertification is needed for people recently out of school, how can board justify not requiring it for older doctors? I, I'm not the one who did it. Don't yes them. I think the answer is going to be them, some contractual thing when you first took the test. Who, mm -hmm. who knows? Mm -hmm. But uh, that's a big. It's a big. I think. I think the grandfather issue is a big problem for the American board. Yeah, I think it's a big problem. And a lot of our commenters agree. Yeah. Uh, Terry Manlove says uh, smart. So you actually talk. have listeners. Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, this isn't all smoke <laughs> and mirrors, Paul. I thought it was just you and I here. <laughs> Because, you know, there, there was about five, 600 people at one point. I love Dwindled it. down to a whopping 352 just because, uh, you know, Tom opened his mouth. How dare you <laughs> have a lot of good points about grandfathering. Oh, boy. All oh. right. Well, I think um, I want to thank. That's uh, great. Let's pull up Paul's um, identifier again. Dr. Paul Tierstein, who is... Logan, are we? Oh, there we go. <laughs> See, there it is. Paul Tierstein, MD, dip, diplomate. So, yeah, this is, yeah, diplomate. It's not, it's not a diplomat. That no. would be if I worked for the State Department. Got it. You're uh, a diplomate yeah. of the National Board of Physicians and Surgeons, Chief of Cardiology at Scripps Clinic. Show the logo for the NBPAS, uh, Logan, because look there at you that. Go. You got a nice font. It's angry red. We have, uh, have full-time employees. It's amazing. We pay like health benefits now. What? <laughs> yes. So it's, just a, it's like a real company. It's too bad, we, it's too bad I'm not making any money on I it. know. ZPAC, <laughs> listen to this. It all starts like this. Paul's like, we're going to overthrow the old boss. <laughs> New boss, same as the old boss. Within like five years, the fees have gone up to a thousand bucks. No, people have asked that. Yeah. I guarantee you that will not happen. All right. And we've had people say, well, well you're going to be just as bad as them. And I say, you know what? If we're bad as them, you could then you could start your own organization. Yeah, come up with the <laughs> National Board of Pediatric <laughs> Associates. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> Ding dongs. How, how can competition be a bad thing? Exactly. Yeah. It That's well put. You know, Paul, your organization actually reminds me a lot of the United States Football League, which was a spring football league for those who don't know. Sorry, I'm speaking in sports metaphors today, but uh, it's Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday weekend, you know? You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Well, you so, know, Jayco, by the way, there's a metaphor for hospitals like that as well, which was Jayco, the Joint Commission. Yeah, oh, yeah. And that, that was the only game in town. That's, again, a private organization. Yep. Um, that was the only game in town uh, that was uh, to credit hospitals, and now that's changed uh, about two years ago. Down that is four of them. Oh, so, so now we have more people to good. hate. Which I love it. Competition yeah. is good because when we used to have spring football, it brought up the the player salaries for everybody. Every mm -hmm. and we got football 
in the spring and the fall. It was amazing. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the, I have that's, no that's idea what the concept saying, yeah. of the, how this country works, right? We like competition. Uh, yeah, competition is good. Tom Heinenberg's better. No one can compete with you, though. It's hard being perfect, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I know. You've experienced... Perfect pitch. Mo yeah. Yep, mo oh, yeah. <laughs> with, with my homie. Have you, have you met my homie, Autotune? He's my boy. He keeps it real. Uh, Tom Heinenberg, take us out with a words of wisdom. Z's pretty dope, you guys. His grandfathering techniques are second to none. I've seen him at the parties. Anyway. You know what? I'm so dope they call me Uncle Sam because of the white hairs. We out! Grandfathering! Try it! <laughs> hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I wanna hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is, Financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.